Welcome back for another episode of Camping Out. I'm Dan Camp, and tonight is our second installment of Fireside Short Stories. The Fireside Short Stories are an occasional sprinkle of artistic expression between the usual interview-style podcasts. My goal here? Create a platform for those to share poetry and short stories for the world to enjoy. You may remember tonight's whimsical prose from the one and only Nick Roberts, the second guest we ever had, actually, on the podcast. Nick has written and recorded several short stories that he has compiled over the last maybe six to seven transformative years of his life. Nestled between intricate wordplay and lessons taught only by time, Nick bears his heart in these pieces of art. Now with that, go ahead, get comfortable, and in the spirit of Mr. Roberts, maybe pour yourself a uh, healthy glass of bourbon. And get ready to dive in to tonight's Fireside Short Stories. Hello, listeners of Camping Out with Dan Camp. Uh, My name is Nick, and this is my contribution to Fireside Short Stories. Uh, I'm going to read a couple different stories from a collection of writings that I've done over the uh, the past uh, probably six or seven years. Um, so I'm going to start with the introduction and then I'll uh, pick a few tales and hopefully you all enjoy. Poems, Rhythms, and the Travelings of the Mind. This is my attempt at defining my journey over the past transformative years of my life. I always have had an affliction with the art of literature, the ability to pull context and identity from the power of words, to be heard on a level that many may never achieve or can even fathom. So here is my struggle. No, not my struggle. Instead, it should be called the pilgrimage. For there has been a definite start, but since then the path has been all but straight and narrow. It would be a shame if it were, really because no good thing has ever come from walking from point A to point Z. There has to be stops, moments of doubts, and times when we are lost with little hope of being found. These are the times that we are struck by. They are the very fabric in which we can defend ourselves against those robots around us. Those who look at life as a blueprint on how to become one without first discovering their own self. These are the type of people who continue to live life as they've always been led to live. And I'm more concerned with those who live their life to lead. The front runners and the outliers. They are the ones that interest me. And they drive me to make the most of myself. For they need not worry themselves with the triflings of the goings-ons of those around them. They are oblivious to these things, and how splendid a feeling that may be to be completely detached from all that, but which drives you to be you. So what I've decided to do here was make myself into one of these people, using the poems, rhythms, and travelings of the mind, the possibility of your self-discovery is endless. This next piece is called An Open Letter to the Participants of My World. To whom this message concerns. We never truly realize how lucky and blessed we are 
to be in the, the positions that we are in. I certainly didn't realize it. Well, at least not until I was in a place that made me feel as if all else in my world was falling and failing. It's funny how that goes. In moments of triumph and glory, the heart and minds of men and women alike are never truly aware of their own nirvana. The feeling is fleeting and momentary. At least it is until adversity and failure enters your life. Then the feeling becomes a nagging and prodding sensation, a stick and carrot, if you will. It becomes a force of tor torment and desire. Stronger men than I have failed to keep their heads high because of this. What you have learned so far probably won't prepare you for the journey you have ahead of you. Some of you will read this and discard this notion as a fallacy that, could, that couldn't possibly happen to you. I know this, because I was you. The one who never spoke up because the struggle never pertained to me. The one who always avoided eye contact and fear of having to acknowledge the burning mortality that I kept buried down deep in hopes of not sticking out, not being nailed back into place. I was conditioned this way. Walk tall, never stand out, stand up, but only for those beliefs instilled in you by the ones who came before you. Seek answers, but never question. My world was a world that was set aside for me. It was a playground with padded walls and cushioned rides where all was fair and all was accounted for. My world is the same world many of you are currently living in. A place of safety and serenity. A place where you feel comfortable and supported. A place that is the perfect incubator for the ideas and strategies that will make you all successful and triumphant individuals. I miss that place, but I never want to go back. My eyes have been opened, and now I can't unsee what I have seen. This is a message to all of you. Learn to live outside of my world. There is so much more to be seen, to be experienced, to be heard. If you stop at just what you're being taught, or better yet, being told, you'll never experience true life. The world you will always live in will only ever be my world. Not your world, or our world. It will be a single construct of what has, of what has always been. Your will to prosper and grow will only ever be tangible through quantitative measures, meaning you will feel accomplished only when you are earning, only feel comfortable when all your needs are met, and feel happy when you have more than the one next to you. In times of adversity, you will be broken, lost, and unknown. Trust me, it will happen. It has to happen. No good thing in life has ever remained always good. Light exists because darkness is there to call attention to it. Good only exists because evil is there to remind us of it. Love only strives because hate carries so much strength. Instead of letting adversity take control of you, learn how to control yourself amongst adversity. Place yourself in positions that force you to leave my world. Mingle amongst those you thought yourself too good to ever see or hear. Experience what it feels like to have nothing. Walk a mile without shoes. Stop and breathe in a world that isn't focused around me. Trust in me, I know. I learned the hard way. I was struck down and the ones I hoped would be there to pick me up simply walked over me. Don't let my world do that to you. Leave that place behind and find what it really is that drives you. A great writer and a terrible man once said, find what you love in life and let it kill you. A true master of terror, terror and adversity, he was able to find beauty in the chaos and the garbage that lay around him. If you won't listen to me, 
at least look around you and try to live in a world outside of me. Isle in the Sky How beautiful thou art, my isle in the sky. Those ramparts of green, the liveliness of your very being, that sweet, sharp sense of candy tuft. Oh, how mighty you are, isolated, serene. As I look out, standing upon your bow, to a sea of nothingness, an expanse as white as snow, as if I could jump into the abyss and land cushioned by your unpigmented glory, like a pillow lands upon a bed of down, surrounded by the pines, oaks, and firs, yet so alone, save those billowing drafts of condensation, cutting me off from all that lies below, as I am illuminated, the powerful rays of the sun shine upon me, they lay in darkness, shrouded by the very beauty I behold. It is crazy to think that perspective means so much when it comes to interpretation. From above, I see wonder, a great expanse of whiteness in front, the sky forest all around. Yet from below, they are trapped underneath a cloak of darkness, their concrete jungle stifling. They do not see me, nor I see them. They do not see the beauty I am engulfed in, nor I theirs. It is very well may be that they hold in horror what I cling to as a precious relic, to be stuck above all, above the world as they know it, engulfed in a wilderness with no remnants of the civilization they so love. My isle in the sky, how near you are. The Boy and the Woman So, there was a man. Well, more of a boy. He didn't know much. At least he hadn't begun to learn. He lived in a land quite similar to ours. Yet it was different. The people never changed. The landscape was permanent. And one's thoughts and feelings were pre-prescribed. All one ever had to do was shuffle on towards the end. The boy was happy because that is what he was prescribed to be. He hadn't learned. He looked down at the three by six LCD attached to his wrist, was administered his hourly dose of thoughts and emotions and proceeded shuffling further down the line. This was his life. This was his world, very similar to our own, yet different. One day it changed. The boy was shuffling on when he realized that there was a nagging sensation burning through the back of his neck. A sinking feeling came across the boy, and so he turned, and to his surprise, he locked eyes with a girl. A woman, to be exact. Same age as he, yet there was so much more to her. A flutter in her eye, and an air of dignified superiority that made her wiser and older than she appeared. He just stared, in awe, motionless, the LCD on his wrist buzzing, alerting himself to the hourly dose of obedience. Yet he could not flinch, for her gaze held him in a trance. In that moment, his eyes were opened, wider than they had ever been before, and rushing like a raging river in flood, 
all that was meant to be learned begun to pour through every entrail of his existence. Before this moment, he knew of nothing else. Life was dictated to him. Well, I guess even now, life was being still being dictated. But instead of being told, he was being shown. This girl, this woman, had the light. He stepped closer and drew nearer to the woman. She held at her hand, and as the tips of her fingers grazed across one another's skin, there was a crash and a streaking flash of white light. The boy was shoved down, and the woman's body began to cascade towards the earth, like an arch of bricks that have had the keystone swiftly removed. Her body buckling under the weight of her light and fragile frame, the flutter of hope still in her eyes, dwindling. The boy, frozen in the moment, watched frame by frame as the woman crumpled to the floor like a ragdoll, whose spirit was forever lost. Time had slowed up until this point. What had felt like an eternity had been but a few moments. Wrist still buzzing, the boy was awoken to reality. The girl lay there, seemingly smaller than before. As the boy stood and looked around to attempt and place himself amongst the confusion, he peered down upon his wrist, drawn by the comforting regularity of the buzzing, dosing himself yet again with the normality and consistency of that LCD. He looked around, as if he was reminded that he had unfinished business to attend to. But as his gaze swept his surroundings, he was surprised to see nothing out of the usual. Just like every other day, all was in its rightful place. Nothing appearing out of the norm, just the regular old day. So the boy shuffled on, having been a man for all of a moment, only to be forgotten in a flash and a buzz, realigned to keep shuffling forward. No recollection of the woman who taught him how to truly see. The silence is unbearable. You ever find yourself in that certain headspace where you just can't put your thoughts together? It's painful. The pieces are there floating, I just can't reach. They are my thoughts, but I can't place them. Someone needs to nail them down for me. I just want to see what is going on up there. Why does my headache when I try too hard? Why can't I sit down uninterrupted and just allow for myself to be in that moment? There is always that false buzz in my thigh, a search amongst the surrounding for that LCD to keep me company, to allow me to feel planted. Not until recently did I understand the power of silence. Better yet said, not until recently did I realize the effect that a lack of silence has over oneself. No wonder my head begins to ache when I try to tie down those thoughts running around my head. They are not all my thoughts. Most are planted, floating bits of nothing, disinformation inundating the cerebral cortex. I have no one to blame but myself for that. Take the most developmental times of our youth, add copious amounts of multi-platform media, drugs, booze, sex, EDM, and an unadulterated liberal education. You got the perfect surf. Here we are. I get my news from Facebook and my fix from that rectangular, that rectangle in our living room. The silence, the silence. That's when it truly hurts. Part of me understands the poison I've been willfully drinking. She tries to stop me. I know she does. Her voice, just not strong enough to hear. But the silence, 
That's when I know she's there. And oh boy, does she make herself heard. It gnaws at you, slowly and consistently. Directives for a future quite different. When I finally stopped to take a breath, and I mean a true breath, to really soak up all that surrounds me, not just focus on what my conscious is drawn to, not listening to what it tells me to experience out of habit and monotony, I try to focus on the deeper connection, one in which every inch of my senses are engaged and actively searching for a place to latch on and endure. I allow myself to be pulled into the green, dark, and babbling abyss. The world around me permeates into every crevice of my harbored self, closing out the man-made sounds and expectations deposited upon me. Instead, I am drawn to the cold of the rock I am perched on while conceiving this thought. The rigid coolness begins to bleed through my flesh. The brisk and delicateness of an early spring breeze draws across my bare chest. I can even taste the musky and dark flavors of the newly revealed and decaying leaves from falls past. So rich and enticing, like a message from spring of the abundance to come. I look to the river, the way its currents move and shape its very being. It reminds me of us. Left alone, it becomes the very essence of perfect. Freestanding, free-flowing, almighty, all-powerful. Provider of stability and vitality. Life begins at its shores, just as life begins with you. A river at its full potential is a force to be reckoned with. No being would have dared oppose its strength. At least, that used to be the case. There was no need to confront the river. The river was God. All was reflected in the river, and the river reflected onto all. What other force of nature can you find tending to life, all the while shaping landscapes and carving the various sculptures that we hold on pedestals as works of beauty and serenity? Where else does one find a natural place where both life and death be so intricately woven and intertwined? Destruction and birth, passion and heartache, beginning and end. The river. The place I sit now, with you. Us. How far we have come. How monumental our decisions have become. Oh, mighty river, please tell us. You, just as we, have been altered, conditioned, and polluted, damaged beyond all recognition of original existence. Where do we go wrong? You have been so silent, waiting and watching, Surely you must have seen the follies in our actions. Have you not? Have we impaired you beyond all judgment? Or are the tears of our sorrows and grief the only tributaries still supporting your life? If only we could remember. To a time where we, you, and us were in a state of harmony. Or maybe better yet, if only we could forget. Forget what it was that brought us to the place we are now. To forget that moment in life when we decided that we were greater than you. <laughs> what a shock would that be? You, the river I sit in front of, my partner in crime, you, my good friend, would be quite different. We would all be quite different.
And there we are, our second episode ever of Fireside Short Stories with none other than the illustrious Nick Roberts. I was so moved by all these stories as I got a chance to listen to them putting together this episode. Uh, Thank you, Nick, for sharing them. What a special thing. Uh, If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and share it with somebody that you love who might enjoy it as much as you did. If you haven't already, please go leave us a five-star review in whatever app you listen to your podcasts and share it on your social media. I love when people get involved with me on Instagram uh, and let me know that they enjoyed an episode. If you are someone who wants to share their stories, their poetry, maybe a musical bit here on Fireside Short Stories, I'd love to talk to you about that. Again, reach out on Instagram or on my website, dancamp.net, and we can get something set up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, all of you, for continuing to listen in week to week. And remember, adventure comes to those who go.